Hey, church. I'm, I'm Kyle. I'm the high school youth pastor, and it's good to be here uh, finishing up our, our uh, series on the Numbers of Hope. If you see over there, I think we got some banners. It's the fourth week of the, the Numbers of Hope, and so we're going to be talking about that final uh, part of the series, We Live. So we've been looking at John 3.16. It's amazing. We've spent four weeks on it. We'll probably spend more time on this is one packed verse, and as I thought about we live, I th- the first question I asked myself was, do we really, right? We live, but do we really live? I mean, you could take your pulse right now, right? You, you all have a pulse? Uh, you're hoping I have a pulse as I'm speaking to you today, but you may have a pulse, but you may not be alive. You may be breathing, but you're not living, what do I mean by that? I think, I think in the church, I think in the church, far too many of us are not living. We may believe in the message that Jesus has given us, but we're not living. I mean, I mean, how many of us feel like we're just kind of in a fog? We wake up and uh, go to work, do the work thing, and come home, maybe throw on the TV for a couple hours, and then... Go, go to bed, and then you start to do the same thing over every day. And I, I know that's been true in my life in the past. It just feels like there's got to be more. There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. Have you ever felt that way? Can you relate to that? There's got to be something more. Um, it's kind of sad when the highlight of some of our weeks is a mocha, right? I mean, I, I like coffee, but isn't that sad when... And, and that's good. And sometimes it's over. It's with a relationship, a friendship. But is that really what Jesus meant when he said, I'm, I'm here to give you life? You know, some of us are spent, living our lives in minivans. Um, we're doing this thing at work, trying to, trying to catch up. And, and uh, there's just got to be more, right? Are we, we live? Are we really living? We're alive. Are we really living? Maybe maybe you just feel like you're so busy, so busy. And our senior adults here today would say, you blink in your life. You know, years go by quickly. And uh, I don't think any of us in this room want that to happen to us. And so, what do you mean? I talked to some students this week, and they said that. They said, we're so busy, not enjoying life, life to the fullest. So, we're going to look at this idea of we live. And two words I want to just just take a peek at. We only have a few minutes, but the two words are someday. We're going to look at the someday that Jesus has has talked about in Scripture. And we're going to look at the now. So how does someday relate to now? Um, That's great. We're going to look at someday. But what about now, which is where a lot of us are feeling in our life right now? I want to know about now. We're going to look at those two words. Um, the last part of John 3.16 says, but not perish, but have everlasting life. Not perish, but have everlasting life. So I thought of titling the sermon, uh, The Biggest But in, your, in the Bible. I thought that would offend some people. So chose not to go that direction, or the biggest but you'll ever face. But let's be honest, it's a, it's a big but in this verse that we, we need to take a look at today. And I can't think of a better way to introduce our passage to you than than a, uh, a young girl memorizing the scripture and is going to say that for you. 
John 3, 14 through 19. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God did not, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, that everyone who believes in him is not condemned. But whoever did not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world of men of darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. John 3, 14 through 19. Got to be a proud dad in the room right now. It's my middle daughter. I asked her if she'd do it on stage. Absolutely not. But she was willing to do that. It's, it's a powerful verse. A lot of us, there's some things in there we can wrestle with, but it's simple. that A child can understand it. And I, I want to offer, if you're in that boat of what I just described, you're feeling like, there's, I want more. My life right now feels pretty shallow. I want more. If that's you, hold on, because Jesus wants to give you that today. Let me just share a verse with you. In John 11, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Someday and now. Take a look at those two words and how do they relate to each other. The first part is of, of that is someday. So let's just start out by looking at someday, this eternal life, this eternal part of the eternal life. Um, scriptures tell us that every one of our hearts in this room uh, has the word eternity written on it with a black sharpie, right? Everyone in this room is meant to live forever and ever. Everyone in this room, regardless of what you believe, Jesus says, you're going to live forever. We're eternal beings, all right, made in the likeness of the image of God. So we are meant to live forever. So in one aspect, you, your soul, will always be. Think about that. That's a, that's a mystery to me. Can you really fathom that? Can you really understand that? You will live for eternity. And just to illustrate that, I think... I'd like to throw something up here to help with that because I'm a visual person. Sometimes I need a picture. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, it's hard to understand eternity. When, when we, our, our world is 70-some years, right? Isn't that the age, 73.5 years or something like that? I think women, you've got to live a little longer. Uh, but that's the average. And uh, um, so we're just going to take a look here. So as they unroll this, thanks, guys, and, and kind of face it toward the crowd here, um, Keep going. Can we go farther? Yeah, it's kind of tight there. That's okay. They're going to get it. So here's a dot here. There's a little dot there. That's your life. That dot, can you see that dot? That's your life. That's 70-some years, your life here on this earth, this planet. That's your life. And then it continues forever and ever and ever. Okay? And then when you get here, it still keeps going. The illustration breaks down. But it keeps going keeps going, keeps going. And after a thousand years in eternity, eternity hasn't even begun yet. And then 
after another thousand years, it still hasn't begun yet. Right? Every day of eternity, you're no closer to the end of eternity. It continues forever and ever and ever. Thanks, guys. Just a little visual. It continues forever. Some of us think our life is that time here on earth, and that is it. That's it. And so that question of someday, what's next, right? Thanks, Jordan and Tim. What's next? This word eternal is the word, we get the word eons. You guys ever use that word eons and eons ago or eons? It's Greek. It's aeon or pronounced eon. And it's the same word um, used for both destinations. So Jesus talks about a dualistic destination. And he's very candid about it. Uh, Two-thirds of all Jesus speaks on speaks about one of these two destinations, either the resurrection and the life or eternal aeon destruction. And he speaks a lot about this, two-thirds of his teachings, one of two directions. So Jesus is really candid on it. So I'm just going to share what Jesus teaches out of the Word. Uh, just, just Just to share with you, this is a somber discussion. This is a heavy discussion, one of the heaviest in all of the Christian doctrines what I'm going to just spend a f- couple minutes on. And that's the, that's the doctrine of hell. And it's not, a, it's not a discussion that we should take lightly. I think there's this movement in, in society and even in church to trivialize it, to not talk about it, to say, well, that turns people off. But the reality is, if we believe in this book, God's word, to be true, and Jesus talks a lot about it. We don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers about this, about this place. But it's a place that God has quarantined outside, outside this universe in a different reality. But a few things we do know about hell is it is a tangible place. It is a place where there is feeling. It's a place where there is eternal pain. It's a place of torment. It's a place where your soul does not perish. There is no summary execution date that somehow it ends and we can stop with the pain. As far as we know in Scripture, I'd like to tell you this, but Scripture does not say this. And this is hard. Uh, you know, this is a, isn't this heavy to talk about this? Because we, every person we meet is headed for one of these two destinations. But there's no back door in hell. Jesus never mentions a back door. Nothing changes in hell. There's no, you have, you can change. There are no sermons in hell to appeal for change or to appeal to somebody to make, it, make a change. There's no interstate that runs between these two realities of heaven and hell. As a closed geographic location, scripture talks about this word topos in Greek, which means location, where we get topography from. It's a real location, and there's a lot that I don't understand about this place, but Jesus makes it clear. And to not believe in it means you don't need to be saved from anything. You don't need to be saved from anything if you don't believe in hell. And so it's a heavy subject. It's one we shouldn't take lightly. Um, and, and in summary of Jesus' teachings, there are people that you may know, and, and maybe you're here today, maybe somebody drug you here, and, and you came just to get them to shut up, and hey, it worked, so you're here. Uh, and, and maybe 
I think we all know people that have lived their life. Every time God speaks, they close their ears. And every time he shows himself, they cover their eyes. And don't tell me about God. Leave God, leave me alone. And eternity is God simply honoring their request. Eternity, hell, is God simply honoring that request that I will leave you alone. A lot perishes in hell, but the soul does not. Happiness perishes. Joy perishes. It's a somber discussion, but one in which Jesus speaks on. It should motivate us as followers of Jesus to remember every conversation we have with somebody. They're headed somewhere. We're all on this fast train headed somewhere. It's, it's scary if you don't know where you're going. It's scary. It's really scary if you don't know where you're going. But here's the surprise. The surprise of hell is this. Jesus went there so you don't have to. Isn't that a surprise? Jesus was buried in the cemetery so you don't have to be. Jesus' his body was wrapped as a, as a corpse and was placed in the tomb so you don't have to be there and stay there. That is the surprise. And for some of us, this earth is as close as we'll ever get to hell thanks to Christ. Right? This earth is as close as we'll get to hell thanks to Christ. But apart from Christ, this earth is as close as we'll get to heaven for some of us. So apart from Christ, this earth is as close as we'll get to heaven so the other, the other destination is, is heaven. It's eternity. Uh, I got a phone call at about 2.30 in the afternoon uh, about six years ago. It was from my dad. My dad said, hey, Kyle, it's, it's time. And uh, so I knew what that meant based on the previous few months that we had been going through um, with my mom, who was diagnosed with cancer, and in three months I uh, was diagnosed, went through chemo, and, and, uh, and then died. And so I knew what that phone call meant. So I drove about 10 minutes and we lived in Kansas City to my dad's house. And my wife and I walked up the stairs that we had walked up a million times before into their bedroom and uh, where I witnessed my mom take her last breath, take her last breath on this earth. But she didn't die. You hear me? She took her last breath with this body, but she didn't die. Because did you hear that verse Jesus says? He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so as they were taking her body out, there were some apologies from the guys who were removing her body. And my, my dad said, you don't need to apologize because that's not her. Because the second she took her last breath, she was more alive than she ever was on this earth. She was more alive in the presence of Jesus. See, we're not really fully experiencing the life that one day will be complete when we're with him. And that is that just brings so much peace in living on this earth. It doesn't make everything perfect, but it just gives you a peace about where you're headed in your final destination, doesn't it? D.L. Moody was the founder of the Bible school that I attended. He was a big evangelist in the Chicago area in the late 1800s. And he said, he was t- talking to a group of people, he said, one day you're going to read in the paper that D.L. Moody is dead. And don't you believe it, for at that moment I'll be more alive than I have ever was on this earth. Do you, do you know where your destination is headed this morning? That's the first question, someday. Heaven is a, we could talk a lot about heaven, just a few things about heaven. Uh, 
God will impound all of our imperfections at the gate. You will be a new person. Uh, It will be a God-centered place, not a self-centered place. So if you're like me as a kid, I thought, oh, worship, that's going to be so boring. I don't want to do that forever and ever. I mean, you can only strum a harp so many times, right? Let me tell you something. You're not going to be the same you. You're going to be you at your best all the time for eternity, forever and ever and ever. And you're going to be experiencing everyone else at their best forever and ever and ever. And we can't understand it. I mean, just be honest. It's really hard to define. We're trying to use human words. Can't. It's going to be something that we've never experienced. I used to think of heaven as, as this adrenaline rush, you know, like I got when I jumped out of an airplane. And that, was, that was awesome. When you talk about living, that comes to my mind. Oh, yeah, living life to the fullest. That was jumping out of a plane, that rush, that feeling of this is really living. But you know what? That ended. That ended. It took about two minutes, and that was over. And a lot of us, that's what we're, we think really living is, is experiencing all these great opportunities and doing these awesome things. But it's not what Jesus was talking about. He talked about when he talked about living so heaven and hell, the two destinations that someday, someday we're all going to be at because we're all living forever, everyone in this room. But what about, just for a minute here, let's think about it. Some of you may have known that already. You're headed to heaven or hell. But what about now? I think that's where most people are at. Most people are, that's great that someday I'm going to be there. That's great that someday I'll experience in heaven where there's no tears and no pain and no evil and there'll be reunions. Can you imagine the reunions in heaven? That's going to be awesome. Maybe there's be a reunion of a kid down in Kid Jam right now running up to the leader who first introduced him to Christ. Maybe it'll be a reunion of a child who was aborted re- re- being reunited to a repentant mother. Reunions of you with maybe parents that have passed on. It's going to be an awesome place. So that's someday, but what about now? A lot of people are asking about, I'm experiencing hell right now. What about that? I feel like life is hell now. And there are some, it's easy to ignore this in the church, there are some that feel like I don't want to live anymore. I'd rather take my life than experiencing the hell that I'm experiencing on earth right now. And I want to say there's, there's some good news as we move to this word, this word of life that Jesus talks about. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life, First John 5.12 says. And he doesn't, this is really important, he doesn't say will have life. I grew up in a tradition that was really focused on the eternity aspect. I don't know if that was you. Like, you come to Jesus... Because one day you'll be with him and you'll live forever and ever. And the focus was on eternity. But Jesus says, when you look at the tense of the words here, he says, have life now. Has life. If you believe in me, you have life now, present, today. So what does that mean? We saw the picture of the width of eternal life. But what about now? Right now. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. What about that? Are you there? You're feeling like there's got to be more here. There's a couple words. There's three words in Greek that describe life. So we have one. So we're missing something already. First is bios, which is that physical life. This physical body that we have, the pulse, the breath, 
that you're taking. It's a physical, this body. All right, that's what that first word in Greek means. The second word is your soul, sake. It's where we get you know, psychology from. Uh, soul or self, it's, uh, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a verse that Jesus talks about where the good shepherd would lay down his life for, for someone. It's, that's the word he's using in that verse, life. And uh, before I get to the, the last word, I've got a story of grace. Uh, Jordan. Jordan's a freshman in high school at Monona Grove, and he's just going to come share his story of grace, all centering around this idea of life. So, Jordan, thanks for coming and being willing to share. Good morning. Uh, well, as Kyla said, my name is Jordan. Oh, I'm a freshman at Monona Grove. High school. To be honest, I I shouldn't be here today. My life was almost taken fifteen years ago, but it's but it's by God's grace that I'm still here today. Um, my story starts with my parents were on their way to the hospital, uh, expecting me to be born soon. According to the doctors, I was in good health, and they didn't see anything that concerned them. When I was brought out into this world, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck, I mean my, my head, and I, my lungs basically collapsed. During this whole time, my dad was out in the waiting room just walking and hoping that everything will be fine. A while later, a doctor came out, gave my dad a hug and basically told him that I didn't make it. It was over. My dad was sitting there, not sure what to say, but... I don't know how many times I've heard this story. This one part I remember the most. He looked the doctor in the eye and said, no matter what happens here today, God is still good. Uh, A while later, um, my parents were getting ready to leave and the nurses were, Packing up their supplies, one of them <coughs> noticed my abdomen move, and she listened, and she found a faint heartbeat. Quickly, she called the doctors and nurses back in, 
and a while later they were able to re-stabilize my heartbeat and they said I'd be fine. But unfortunately through this I had I I was um something happened where it caused me to have a disability by the name of cerebral palsy which affects me physically and my speech. I I remember when the do- when my parents were ready to leave, the doctor has told my parents this one thing that I would never believe would come true. They basically told my parents that I wouldn't, uh, I would never be able to walk or talk and do what other kids my age do. The thing I wanted to get across today is that I I am living proof that God can still do miracles even though he was uh, on this earth over 2,000 years ago. And I just wanted to share that with you today. Jordan. Jordan was at homecoming late last night, so I expect you to stay awake the rest of the, the message. Jordan's in sports. He's doing track and basketball, and he's living life. He's living the life that God's given him, and uh, that's awesome. So I thank you for sharing, sharing that. Three words to describe life in Scripture. I mentioned the first two. And I'm going to do my best to illustrate this third word, so this third word, I uh, really struggled. How do I illustrate this? So we illustrated the someday aspect, right? This eternity. Just tried to get a hand on how long eternity is. How do you explain this third word? That when Jesus says, we'll have eternal life, the word tense changes, or the, the word is different than these other passages. The word he uses is zoe. It's a Greek word, and it means this. It means life as God lives life. Okay? Are you experiencing that? Jesus wants to give you life, but not a breathtaking, pulse-beating life. Life as God lives life. Wow. That means it's possible today for you to have Eternal life, joyful life, a life of intense happiness, 
That's encouraging, isn't it? God wants to give you Zoe life today. There's a pass, another passage where he uses this word Zoe, and it's, it's this word. Um, in John 10.10, 10, he says, Jesus says, I've come to give you life by us, okay? Are you with me? I'm, I'm, I'm here to give you life by us, life, normal, everyday life. And then he says, life to the fullest, Zoe, okay? I'm here to give you not just everybody else's life that they're experiencing, ordinary, everyday life, but life as God lives, eternal, joyful. Do you know why we're going to be in heaven for eternity? One of the reasons is it's going to take eternity. It's going to take eternity for us to even begin to understand the qualities of God, the character of God, to be able to take that in. Zoe life today. Do you want something more than the life that you're living just day to day? Students, do you want something else more than all those kids walking the hallways of school just doing same old, same old, being disappointed, arguing with parents all the time? Do you want, you want more than just the rat race? Well, this is what Jesus offers you. John 10.10, 10, I've come to give you come to give you life but not not shallow life not life that has no meaning or purpose Um, but I've come to give you Zoe is this word Zoe life and and if we can just try to illustrate this are you there are you there are you with me you're feeling maybe like I want more I don't want what everybody else has. Just, just live in life. I'm just going to be here 70 years and then die. And that's, there's got to be more. And I want to tell you today, there is more. There's a lot more to life. Life, Jesus speaks more about the depth of life than he does the duration. Think about that. We focus on the duration. Jesus speaks more about the depth of life today. And so we try to illustrate this by this. Okay, you got the picture of eternity. But this is the depth of life today. You see, someday is now. Someday is now for us. Jesus, life to the fullest. Not shallow life. Not life ordinary, normal he wants you to experience in life to the fullest, real life. Not based on materialism and the stuff that we can have, but life of immeasurable joy. Not based on our circumstance, right? Not based on uh, what's going on around us, what we have or don't have, but to be able to, be able to experience Today, today, Jesus wants to give you life. So, we can wheel that off real thanks. Thanks to Merle for hooking us up here. And, uh, all right, is that you? Do you want more? Do you want life that Jesus offers you today? He who believes in me has life, Jesus says, and will never die. 
never die. Hey, you may, your, your life may end, physical body may end, but you don't have to spend eternity apart from God. You, someday is right now. Right now. You, you can have life. And you can wake up tomorrow morning not dreading to get out of bed, but so excited to say, I'm here today with purpose. My life has purpose and meaning. We had someone this week in our church body pass away, a faithful senior adult. And good chance this year, this year, someone that I'm speaking to will pass away. Their body will fail. Their body will end. That's just the reality of this physical life. But Jesus says, someday is now. I've come to give you Zoe life. Life as I have life. I want to give that to you. In a moment, we get to celebrate life. We get to celebrate the fact that Jesus went to hell so we don't have to. It's through what we call communion. It's just celebrating the last supper, last meal that Jesus had on earth. But as we walk into that, would you just bow with me in prayer? God, I am so thankful today that you have given us the ability to receive life. Thank you that you honor our request for eternity. And if today we choose to seek you, then you will honor that request to be able to spend eternity with you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you went to the grave so we don't have to. Thank you that you want us to have Zoe life. Life as you have it. And now move in this place, Father, and, and help us cry out to you if we want more. If our life just feels like it has no purpose, no meaning, help us to seek you. Would you meet us in our need? In Jesus' name, amen.